take your Bible this morning and turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke in the 19th chapter. <clears throat> this morning, as uh, we uh, start this uh, next uh, six weeks, uh, it is only six weeks left to Easter. Um, wanna, uh, I need to make sure um, I do this in a way that doesn't add confusion to the story. Um, and over these next six Sundays, uh, five leading up to Easter and then Easter Sunday, uh, I'm going to be speaking on the different events that happened in the week leading up to uh, the resurrection, uh, the crucifixion. And so this morning, uh, we're going to look at what is uh, commonly known as Palm Sunday. Uh, and today is not Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday will be in five weeks, the Sunday actually before Easter, uh, which it would be April the 2nd. Uh, Easter is April the 9th. Um, but um, the only other way that I knew to do this uh, would be for us to come the week leading up to Easter, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day that week and have church. And I didn't uh, think you would uh, exactly uh, be jumping up and down about that idea. Uh, and so I'm speaking on Palm Sunday this morning, but today is not Palm Sunday. Uh, and so just... Uh, as we uh, work our way uh, through those events, um, just so you have that uh, understanding uh, in, uh, in your mind, uh, we will not cover every day uh, of, uh, of Easter week. Again, there's only counting today uh, six days until Easter, and there's eight days in that gap from Sunday to Sunday, and so I don't have enough days, uh, enough Sundays, so uh, we'll skip a couple days, but quite honestly, there's a couple days of Easter week that are kind of quiet uh, anyway, and so uh, uh, I'm working, working on putting together a sheet uh, to give you, uh, if you would like, uh, that lays out the events uh, of each day uh, of Easter week. Uh, it, uh, again, there were days that were extremely uh, eventful, uh, and then there were some days that were relatively, uh, relatively calm, uh, leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection. So this morning, again, we will be uh, in uh, Luke chapter 19, and uh, looking there at, uh, again, these events uh, of, uh, of uh, Palm Sunday. And as I look at this text, uh, I'm reminded, um, as I think about the circumstance uh, of, the, uh, of the triumphal entry, of when Jesus uh, rode into Jerusalem. And that's what uh, the Palm Sunday events were about. Uh, Jesus comes uh, riding on a donkey uh, into Jerusalem, presenting himself uh, to Israel uh, for them to accept or reject uh, as their Messiah. Uh, and as I thought about that, 
and kind of tried to uh, get my mind around uh, those circumstances and what was uh, going on at that time. Uh, my Really my only point of reference uh, that uh, I could relate to uh, was uh, our time in China uh, when we uh, went uh, to pick up uh, Tenzin. And as, I, as we traveled about China, uh, one of the things that uh, kept kind of uh, striking my mind uh, as uh, we would go around and uh, we were in several uh, different uh, cities over time, uh, including uh, Beijing and then some other um, smaller cities. And then a, a smaller city in a country of a billion people is uh, not maybe what you think of as a small city, uh, but uh, in some that were smaller than uh, Beijing. Uh, give you an idea of the size of Beijing that uh, we were told, I didn't actually see it, uh, but that uh, in the city of Beijing, uh, 75 pedestrians a day uh, are killed uh, on the roads. Um, and if you ever go, I don't know how it may be now, uh, but at that time, if you ever saw them drive, uh, you'd understand, if you ever saw them drive or walk, uh, you'd understand why. Uh, they were, so it's a big place. Uh, but as I looked at it, and many things about it were very modern, but one of the things that kept uh, running through my mind uh, is that um, they're, they were captive. Uh, these people were, were captive uh, in their own country. Uh, they were basically prisoners uh, who were allowed uh, to continue uh, walking the street. Ever since uh, Miles' revolution, uh, in 49, uh, when politically uh, these people have been held captive by the communist uh, government. Uh, many of them uh, been arrested for uh, trivial, uh, if, if no charges at all, uh, down to the downright trivial. Uh, they had been, they've been separated from their families, uh, many tortured, many murdered uh, for what we would consider in our country, uh, probably not even a violation, but uh, a minor violation uh, at most. Uh, even today, uh, there were signs of uh, democracy as, uh, as people walked the streets, as there were uh, businesses, and many now uh, have uh, vehicles uh, and uh, are, are driving, uh, but still, <clears throat> The Chinese government uh, ruled uh, with a iron fist. Uh, somebody said an iron fist and a velvet glove. Uh, they, uh, while they were free to walk the streets, they still uh, knew that uh, the government was watching uh, and, uh, and governed their uh, every move. One of the, the biggest examples of that. Uh, that, uh, that showed the, the control uh, that the government had. Some of you will remember uh, the, uh, the rebellion, the minor rebellion they had uh, several years ago now uh, in Tiananmen Square. And you may remember the picture we saw, uh, and to this day, if you Google Tiananmen Square, 
uh, here in America, the picture you will see uh, is that young boy uh, standing out front of uh, the Forbidden City uh, with a tank in front of him. He's standing, you know, basically daring, daring to run him over. Uh, that's the image, again, if you were to Google uh, Tiananmen Square right now, uh, that would most likely be the very first image uh, that would come up on your phone. Uh, if you Google Tiananmen Square while you are in China, that picture won't come up. Uh, you can't find it. It's not there. Uh, the picture you will get will be the huge picture of Mao Zedong uh, that hangs out front of, uh, of the Forbidden City in Tiananmen Square. Uh, you won't find uh, that picture of the young man in the tank. You won't find uh, news about the rebellion. It's just not there. Uh, because some way, somehow, uh, the Chinese government has control uh, of the internet and what's allowed uh, to come through uh, in, uh, into, uh, into the Chinese people's uh, hands. Uh, again, uh, you, uh, again, religiously, uh, it is a nation uh, that um, it's not that they don't, their, their constitution doesn't say you can't believe in God. Their constitution says there's not a God for you to believe in. Uh, that's the change, the difference uh, that, uh, that they had. Uh, they're held captive by their own traditions. Uh, uh, many of the buildings you would go into uh, as you walked into the door, uh, you have to pay attention because most of the doors uh, along the bottom, uh, the threshold of the door, uh, there would be about a six-inch rise, and you had to step over it to get in the door. And uh, to me, I thought, well, maybe that's to keep water out. Uh, no, that's to keep evil spirits from creeping under the door. Uh, is uh, is the idea? And I got I noticed that most every building we went into, a lot of the doors had these brass knobs on them, uh, domes like. And when they would go into the door, they broke the that rub the dome, you know, kind of like, you know, just rub it and walk in, just a quick, just a quick rub, but they would walk in. That was to ward off uh, evil spirits. And uh, a lot of things like that, they were held captive uh, by their own traditions uh, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, they had. All things they did for, uh, for, for good luck. Um, there are a lot of uh, the basic provisions they were uh, without. They're not free to change jobs without uh, government approval. They're not free to change homes without government approval. They're not free to travel uh, without government approval. And I tell you all that uh, because that was largely uh, the condition uh, in, in many very similar ways uh, that Israel found themselves in uh, under Roman control. Uh, they were prisoners in their own country. Uh, they were governed uh, very strictly uh, by the Roman government. Uh, and much like, again, the Chinese, they were uh, allowed to kind of do as they wanted as long uh, as they paid their taxes, uh, those kind of things. But they knew uh, that at any moment, the Roman government, uh, the Roman soldiers could come crashing in and, you know, and, and, and take them captive, uh, have them executed, uh, put them in prison, whatever. They lived with that constant uh, fear 
uh, hanging uh, over their head. And so uh, that Palm Sunday, uh, as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, uh, again, some differences, but much of what I described about the Chinese situation that, uh, that I'm familiar with was the situation uh, in Israel. It wasn't a communist government, but it was the Roman government. Uh, it wasn't uh, rubbing doorknobs for good luck, but they had a lot of traditions and, uh, you know, you had to do it this way or that way. And, uh, they, they were, their traditions, they, they hated the Samaritans, they hated the Gentiles, uh, they hated each other. Uh, and, you know, that, they, they were just held captive uh, by all uh, of, these, uh, of these things. Uh, as, and that is the situation uh, that Jesus rode into as he prepares here in this passage to ride into Jerusalem uh, and offer them uh, the possibility uh, of, of peace as they place their faith and their confidence uh, in their Messiah. And the Jews, again, were, uh, they were in a, a really uh, bad situation because for many years now, uh, they had been captive in the Roman government. Uh, even their own religion. Uh, we're familiar with the Pharisees. Uh, the Pharisees had uh, held them captive with their own religion. Uh, you had to do this. You couldn't walk but so far on the Sabbath. You had to do this. You had to go there. You had to give this. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Pharisees, uh, their own government used their own law, their religious law, uh, to hold them uh, captive. And so all these things uh, were going on as Jesus uh, prepares to enter uh, into town, which brings me uh, then to the first thing uh, that we see beginning in uh, verse 28 uh, of chapter 19, is Jesus makes preparation uh, to ride into town uh, and uh, for this uh, great entry. Uh, I want to talk for a minute about the reservation. How many of you already got reservations for your vacation this summer? You know, you have to, uh, none of you, a bunch of poor folks around here. Uh, oh, I mean, Carol probably got reservations for the next five years. They plan their vacations out. Uh, yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, when you, when you get ready to go on a trip, you usually make some reservations. You make some plans. And so uh, there are some plans going on here, some reservations that take place uh, before Jesus uh, rides into town. Look with me at verse 19. It says, when he had thus spoken, when he had thus spoken, he had just finished, uh, actually, uh, this was uh, in chapter 19, we read the story uh, of Zacchaeus. Uh, then we have the parable of the ten talents, and then we have uh, this story. When he finished that parable, uh, it says he went before, ascending up to Jerusalem. Uh, and so after he finished sharing that parable, uh, it says he goes up to Jerusalem. The reason it says he goes up to Jerusalem is because literally to go to Jerusalem, he went up. Uh, it was like going up to Asheville. It was up on, uh, up on a, a hillside. It was uh, the way the city was built uh, for its own defense. And so uh, he goes up to Jerusalem, and it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany. Uh, he didn't go all the way into Jerusalem. Bethany is about two miles uh, outside of Jerusalem. At the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go you into the village over against you, in the which at your entering you shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat. 
loose him and bring him hither. If any man ask you, why do you loose him? This shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. And they were sent, went their way, and found, even as he had said unto them, and as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said, Why loose you the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. So let's begin here with these reservations. How this event, what Jesus, uh, the, the layout of the head uh, of time. And one of the things that's really cool, uh, if you want to read uh, this section in the book of Luke. Luke does uh, lay out the events in chronological order. So he goes pretty much uh, day by day. Uh, there are some things Luke doesn't cover that may be uh, in other gospels, but what Luke covers, uh, he gets in, uh, he puts them in uh, chronological order. So we can really see uh, what was going on in the life and the ministry uh, and the mind uh, of Christ at that time. And we have just came through again at the very first uh, of chapter 19. We have uh, the story uh, of Zacchaeus. And uh, in that story, in talking to Zacchaeus, uh, just before Jesus uh, goes up, uh, probably the morning before uh, Jesus heads up uh, to Jerusalem uh, to be the final Passover lamb, we see uh, in verse 9 uh, that Jesus gives us then uh, the, the theme uh, of his ministry. Uh, and he says to Zacchaeus, you remember this line, this day is salvation come unto thy house. Uh, and so uh, as Jesus said this, uh, when he said that, uh, again, uh, the, the crowd around him, everybody that heard Jesus say, today salvation is coming to your house, uh, thought that uh, the kingdom of God, boom, was going to appear immediately. Uh, that uh, this was, uh, th th so when Jesus rides into town, uh, as, he, as that day approaches, uh, that time approaches, there's this uh, tension in the air. Uh, there is this thickness uh, anticipation, expectation uh, in the air among all the people because uh, they've heard Jesus say, today salvation uh, comes to your house. And so uh, they're thinking the Messiah's coming. Uh, they're, they're pumped up. Uh, the, the faithful, they are, uh, they are excited. The Pharisees are scared. Uh, there's, there's this tension. Uh, the faithful are, man, the Messiah's coming. He's going to uh, rescue us from this Roman government. He, he's going to rescue us from their persecution. He's going to rescue us uh, from having to worry about the Roman soldiers. He's going to relieve us of having to pay Roman taxes. Uh, he's going to get us out from under these crazy Pharisees who are always making up new laws. And we don't know uh, how to worship, when to worship, where to worship, if to worship, and, and the Pharisees, they're scared to death because they see the gravy trains fixing to get run over. Uh, the, the system that's made them so much money, made them so powerful, uh, they see the Messiah coming uh, and, and is going to mess up uh, everything uh, that they have built. And so Jesus and his disciples, uh, they arrive at Bethany. I said it's about uh, two miles east uh, of Jerusalem. And they are there, uh, would be six days before uh, Passover. 
if uh, if today is Palm Sunday, uh, Passover will be uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, is the calendar here. Uh, and so, again, today is Saturday. This coming Saturday will be the Passover celebration. And that's uh, Jesus arrives uh, there uh, that day. And that evening, uh, again, he is uh, he's invited uh, into the home uh, of Simon the leper, uh, where he has supper uh, with uh, Lazarus, who had uh, who had been previously resurrected. Uh, that is uh, the time when uh, he, again his sisters uh, serve him. Uh, uh, a meal, uh, and following the, the meal, uh, Mary anoints Jesus uh, with uh, the expensive oil. You remember Judas gets upset because he says, look at all the money that was wasted uh, on that oil. Uh, and so uh, at the same time, there are a lot of other uh, people coming in to the Galilee area, uh, preparing for the Passover, coming in uh, to Jerusalem uh, and, and to make their preparations, to get everything ready uh, for uh, the Passover. And so the next day, then Sunday, uh, the, the Palm Sunday uh, would be uh, this day, Christ begins to walk uh, into Jerusalem. Uh, begins to walk towards uh, the city of Jerusalem. When he does, uh, the passage we read says he sends a couple of his disciples uh, and tells them to go over uh, to that neighboring city where they will find a donkey uh, tied up and they are uh, to bring it. And if anybody asks you, you tell them because the Lord means it. Uh, and again, uh, that uh, is uh, important uh, because uh, one of the things that shows us uh, when it says that they got there, they found the colt, just like Jesus said. The man asked, why do you need it? Just like Jesus said, that none of the events of Easter week, none of the events of crucifixion week were by accident. All the way down to where the colt was tied up, all the way down to the man who said, what are you doing with my colt? Uh, everything about that week, uh, Jesus was aware of. Uh, they, they, there was no shock. Uh, there was no surprise uh, when they came uh, and, and arrested Christ. This was part, uh, again, of his overall plan to present himself uh, to the nation uh, as the Messiah, uh, as their promised uh, Prince of Peace, that he would fulfill the prophecy of uh, Zechariah 9 that we read uh, a few moments ago. Uh, we'll talk about again uh, in, a, in a few moments as we work through uh, this passage. Their long-awaited king, the one they have waited on uh, for most of them their entire life, uh, they have been anxious and looking uh, at that. The, uh, again, they're, they're excited. The chief priests are planning to kill him. Uh, it's kind of uh, ironic the two different worlds that uh, were going on uh, in uh, that time. And, and as we look through Scripture, how God was preparing people's hearts uh, and getting them ready uh, to, to accept this. Paul says, uh, when the fullness of time 
must come. Everything again that's going on, everything we're going to talk about in the next six weeks was it was it was on God's calendar. Uh, it was planned out. The reservations uh, were uh, were made, and uh, here God is using the symbols of the Passover feast and the sacrificial lamb, uh, the uh, unbroken coat. All these things were uh, part uh, of the presentation uh, of Jesus Christ uh, to the nation. Uh, of Israel uh, as he was being presented to them. Uh, they reject him, uh, we know, as king. Uh, and uh, when we think about, again, all that, uh, all this planning, everything uh, that went on, again, it just reminds us uh, of uh, of everything that went on, again, that uh, that God was ultimately uh, in control. And so what is all this first Palm Sunday uh, boiled down to? It was God preparing their hearts. It was God getting the nation ready to receive the Messiah as he comes uh, into town. Uh, and it had literally had been taking place over over thousands of years now. It had been, uh, been taking place. And so all of this, uh, you know, again, like the reservations you might make for a vacation, everything was on God's schedule. Uh, and then that, that leads up to the day when Christ finally appears and rides in uh, to town. Here we have what uh, what what I call uh, the reception deception. Uh, they they as Christ rides into town. The Bible, look with me in uh, verse thirty five. Uh, says there they brought him to Jesus the the colt. They brought to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the colt and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes. In the way. So as Jesus rides into town, they start taking off their coats, their cloaks, and laying them out, uh, out on the street in front of him uh, as his uh, donkey rides in. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice uh, for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, uh, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I think if you know the story uh, of Easter, uh, you know why I'm calling that the reception deception. Uh, they're out on the street throwing their clothes in front of his donkey. They're praising the Lord and, uh, and, and uh, you know, thanking God uh, that he comes in the name of the Lord. And, and, uh, and yet we know uh, how in just a few days, when given the option, they're going to say crucify yeah, they're going to reject him and send him to a cross. And so their reception uh, is hollow. Their reception is uh, has no real uh, no real basis in truth uh, as Jesus uh, enters in, into town. Uh, again, Jesus has made this uh, short journey uh, from Bethany over and uh, the disciples had uh, come out early uh, for the Passover feast and uh, they had heard that Jesus was staying uh, with Lazarus and, and again uh, they are they're excited. Many of them had went over to Bethany to see him. Uh, 
uh, already. Uh, and it was this, uh, again, this, this crowd of believers, many of them again, had probably went to Bethany where Jesus was staying. And then as he rode into Jerusalem, they followed along. And so he had this crowd uh, coming into town and a crowd in town. And you, can, you, know, you can imagine uh, the, the scene uh, as, uh, as this uh, begins uh, to unfold. And uh, when the colt gets there, again, they begin to throw out their, their, their cloaks, their coats uh, in front of him, uh, which again was a fulfilling uh, of the prophecy in Zechariah 9, uh, again showing how uh, God just had all this uh, laid out and scheduled and planned uh, all the way down uh, to the, the finest detail. But here again, remember what I said about the background and the setting of where, is, of where Israel was politically, spiritually, religiously, uh, all those things. And so as Jesus rides into town, all those things that are part of their day-to-day -day life are in their mind. You know, again, they're, they're ruled by the Romans. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're in trouble with the Pharisees and all their laws, their traditions and everything else uh, was going on uh, into, in their mind. And so they're looking uh, for a Messiah who's going to come in and solve all those problems. But the Messiah comes in, and when Jesus comes in, uh, again, they're looking that they're looking for one that's going to solve all the problems that Israel's had for all those years. And this has been going on for a while, uh, the Romans and everything else. And they're looking for a Messiah that's going to come in and, and liberate them from Rome. It's going to come in and, and overthrow Rome and make Israel the, 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 the powerhouse nation in the world. And that's what they're expecting. That's what they're looking for. And they, that, listen, here's what, you know, again, remember this. He, he was down at the house of Lazarus. And you know that in their minds, here's what many of those people were thinking. If he had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead, he can take care of Romans. He can overcome death. He can take care of Romans. And so that's what they were looking for. That was what was in their mind. And so they go through all these, and I'm going to say it this way. They go through the motions of putting out their coats and putting out the palm leaves and shouting Hosanna and shouting his name and praising him as he rides in because they were looking for a king. And they were, they had those that were standing in town and you, you know how, most of you have been to the Christmas parade, right? You know how it works. Yeah, you're standing there beside the road and you, you, you start hearing the sirens from down the street on the fire truck and the police car. What do you do? You step out to the edge of the road and you start trying to see them coming, right? You know how that works? You can imagine on that day as they're expecting the Messiah, the, the, the Savior, their conquering King, that when they saw a little dust off in the horizon, when they saw, they were like, they started straining their eyes. And I can only imagine that some of them looked and said, who's that note on that donkey in the way of the Messiah? Get out of the way. 
Yeah, because they weren't looking for a Messiah on a donkey. They were looking for a Messiah on a great big horse. They were looking for a Messiah to come riding in on a, uh, on a stallion, probably a big white one. You can imagine their confusion and probably even a little bit of anger when they realize that's not somebody in the way of the Messiah. That is the Messiah. That is him. What's he doing on a donkey? See, they understood the symbolism that maybe you and I don't. Yeah, when, when we go to battle, we go in tanks and jets, right? That, that's the way we're familiar with warfare. But in their day, when a king, when somebody came in to conquer another nation, he didn't come riding in on a donkey. He came riding in on a great stallion. When he came in on a donkey, that means he was coming in peace. And the last thing the, the, the Israelites wanted, well, they wanted peace, but only after the Romans got a good whooping. Yeah, they, they wanted peace eventually. But in the meantime, they wanted the Romans to be uh, destroyed. And so they, they knew that. And so as Jesus is coming into town riding on this donkey, you know, there, you know, you, you can almost see there, uh, Hosanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I saw a video online the other day, and this, I, I think they were pranking this old, old lady. It was one ugly day. I'm sorry, I know some of y'all say, y'all babies is cute. You didn't see this one. They showed this little lady this picture and said, Isn't he cute? And she goes, Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you had that look on your face before, right? You've been through that when, you, when somebody, you know, I, I used to work with a guy who came around this picture, the ugliest woman you ever seen in your life. Anytime you met somebody new, he'd say, Hey, you show me a picture of my wife and you say, Hey, she's pretty. And Put you in the spot where you knew the right answer you know, or the the proper answer, you know, and it conflicted with the right answer. You know, somebody said, "Isn't that nice?" And, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, just uh, lovely. Yeah, that, that, you can imagine that as these Israelites stood by the street, they were like, "Hosanna!" We think. Yeah, they, they were confused. This was not at all what they were expecting to have happen that day. And they, 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 you know, as Jesus, as their Messiah, rides into town for the first time to be declared the King, the long-awaited Messiah, the Son of David, He's going to come into Jerusalem and He's going to clean up all their mess. He's going to be the warrior. He's going to come in and He's on a donkey. He didn't have a weapon. He didn't even, you know, how's he going to overthrow the Roman army? He didn't even have a weapon. He didn't even have a sword, nothing. Where's his army? Oh, he's got some couple of ragtag looking fellows with him. Hey, I know him. He used to be a fisherman. That scoundrel used to be a tax collector. That's no army. What in the world? They were confused and they were angry. As they came together and they began to throw the palm leaves and as he approached uh, 
the gate and headed to the steps of the temple, the whole multitude began to do the only thing they knew to do. They began to praise him. They began to lift up his name and say, Hosanna to the son of David. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the one that comes in the name of the Lord. But as they were doing that, they were expecting again the restoration of the kingdom of David. And their mind, you can, you, you're with them. You can imagine the look on their face, right? Is that? Yeah. They, 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 they were confused. And as they saw it, God was uh, offering them peace. And during all this excitement, they missed it. They missed the whole point of Jesus riding into town. They missed everything about him riding into town on that donkey. They, they missed it. They didn't get it. He was coming not to offer salvation for Israel, but he was coming to offer salvation for Israelites. He wasn't coming to rescue their nation. He was coming to rescue them. He was coming to offer them salvation, offer them personal salvation. That what they missed was if they would have accepted, they wanted Christ to come in and deliver them from wrong, deliver them from all the traditions and the practices of the Pharisees. What they missed was the fact that if they would have accepted him as their personal Messiah, then all those other things would have been taken care of. See, that's the problem that many people still have today with accepting and understanding Jesus Christ. They want Christ to fix all their problems, and when He fixes all their problems, then we'll accept Him. What they don't understand and what they fail to, uh, to see and realize is that you have to accept Him personally. We, we want Him, you know, we, we have this mindset with Christ and what have you done for me lately? Lord, if you'll get me out of this debt. Lord, if you'll heal me. Lord, if you'll put my family back together. Lord, if you'll get me a job, then I'll start serving you. That was the attitude the Israelites had. If he'll get us out of Rome, if he'll get these Pharisees straightened out, if he'll solve our financial problems, if he'll serve our national problems, if he'll make us a great military power and make us the great nation in the world, then we'll make him king. Then we'll follow him. They didn't understand. Didn't want to understand. That it meant they had to follow him personally. That he's still, and, and he's still making that same offer today. He's still, that's the same, again, same offer he makes today. Is that we have to make a personal decision to follow. We have to make a personal decision to worship him. We have to make a personal decision to make him our Messiah. We have to make a personal decision to make him our king. See, we want to make some kind of bargain like the Israelites did, where they wanted to fix the nation and then we'll make him king. No. Jesus says, I want you to accept me as the king that I already am. I want you to accept me as the Savior 